today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Why are you trying to advance, get a head start, hit the ground running on tomorrow's worries today? Because what you've done is you've brought tomorrow into today and you've completely ruined the day. The day is shot because you did that. Why don't you just wait till tomorrow? <laughs> and when those problems come, guess what? God's going to give you whatever you need to deal with those problems that you face tomorrow. Not today. Not today. Tomorrow. You have to wait. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. Does worrying add a single day to your life? In today's message with Pastor J.D., he teaches you not to borrow worry. Don't stress about the upcoming days when you have today right in front of you. God will give you all that you need to handle the cares that are right in front of you. Focus on the present and what you can do for His glory today. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We don't like confrontation. We'll do everything we can to avoid confrontation. So... This brother, to his credit, risked the friendship, the relationship, the fellowship, and he rebuked this brother, and he confronted that brother. And I mean, the thing just blew up. And then somebody made this comment, and it just stuck with me. He said, wow, brother, you loved him that much? To do that, he must really love this brother to confront him. Now think about that. If if I don't care about you, I'm like, yeah, go ahead. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Man, you're going to, I don't want to be anywhere near you when you hit the wall. Because you're going to hit the wall. Pride always comes before the fall. And I, I'm not going to say anything. Why? I don't care. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, but love won't let you get away with that. You are so concerned for them. You are so caring for them that you will risk everything and confront them with the truth. And that's what Solomon is saying here. Verse 7 Surely oppression destroys a wise man's reason, and a bribe debases the heart. What's Solomon saying here? Well, two things, and they both have in common this propensity to crush somebody. And I think this speaks to the strength of one's character, to stand up, bear up under a prolonged period of oppression, stress, pressure, and also on the other side of that, to stand up under the temptation of a bribe. Both 
of these on opposite ends of the table have the potential to really cave somebody in. And it speaks to the strength of one's character to withstand. Verse 8, the end of a thing is better than its beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Now this would seem like a firm grasp of the obvious, right? He goes on, verse 9, do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. You know, (laughs) this is something that comes with age. You know, over the years, as you just kind of go through things and you, you know, when you're young, you've got plenty of energy. And I mean, you just are, and, and no patience, by the way. I mean, you're so impatient and you're, you're unwilling to just calm down, just wait, be still, be patient. The end of this thing is better than the beginning of this thing. But in your haste, you will get so frustrated. And then the danger is, is that frustration gives way to anger, and anger resides in the bosom of a fool. James says it this way, the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. I have to confess that over the years that I've been walking with the Lord, I have never regretted waiting patiently for the Lord to bring good and work this out in the end. And conversely, I have always regretted in my haste, in my impatience, getting frustrated and angry. And by the way, when you peel the layers back, it's all pride. That's what Solomon says here. It's a spirit of patience as opposed to a spirit of pride. Do you see the the contrast here? See, here's what pride says. I don't have time for this. Oh, really? Who do you think you are? I'm too good for this. Oh, really? That's pride. James says that the source of all arguments, all striving, all divisions, all discord, all conflict, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. At the core is pride. Hey, try to carry on an argument when you've humbled yourself. I think about the marriage relationship. Here's a husband and wife going at it. Me, what about you? That's the pot calling the kettle black. And then one takes the higher road by going low and going down and humbling themselves. And here's the other person. I mean, and here's the thing about pride. Oh my goodness. It's really adrenaline because the adrenaline gets gone. And sometimes I think we get addicted to that adrenaline rush. Because when you're angry, and you're just, you know, sorry for the sound effects. That's the best I got. I'll (laughs) try to do better. But, and here's the other person going, you know what? You're right. No, you can't do that. Where's the fight? Come on. No, that's, you can't. How long, how long are you going to continue to argue with somebody that's humbling themselves? I mean, it just, it just dissipates the whole thing. 
It's, it's not only not putting another log on the fire to keep it burning, you're pouring water on that thing and you're putting it out. And, and here's the guy that likes the fight. We've talked about this. There are some people that just like to fight. They, they thrive on it. I mean, they wake up in the morning and there's that uh, adrenaline addiction and hey, there's no drama. So I'm going to have to create it because I, I, I thrive in that environment. That's just the way they're wired. And so they go looking for it. They have to look for it very long because it'll find them. In fact, you don't have to look at all. It'll look for you. Thank you very much. And it'll find you. Verse 10. <laughs> this is interesting. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. What's that saying? In fact, I think there's a song. Those were the days, my friend, and those are the only words that I can remember to that song. Oh, those were the days. Oh, back in the good old days. Stop! Solomon says, don't do that. That's foolish. Sorry about the singing. I, some of you are looking at me going, I could have gone the rest of the night without that. But Solomon's saying, you do not inquire wisely. In other words, don't dwell on the past. Don't live in the past. The past is in the past. Leave the past in the past. What are you going to do to change it? Nothing. And here's the thing. Don't let the past destroy the present. I'm going to take it a step further. There's, a, there's this proclivity on the part of every single one of us whether it's the past or the future. Because see, we'll let the past ruin the present when we dwell on the past, but so too will worrying about the future also destroy the present. I heard somebody say it like this, very interesting. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. I'll give you a moment. You got to do some math here. Wait, so Today, yeah, today, wow, it's almost over. Yeah, but today is the tomorrow you worried about when it was yesterday, because yesterday you were freaking out about tomorrow, and today is tomorrow. And what was that all about? I've also heard it said like this, one minute spent worrying is one minute wasted. And the same thing goes for fear. One minute spent in fear is one minute wasted. The past and the future can absolutely destroy the present. Think about what Jesus said in Matthew 6. Do not worry about tomorrow, for sufficient unto the day are the worries and troubles therein. I wish he didn't say that part. I was good at the first part. Don't worry about tomorrow. Okay. All right. And then he goes on and expounds and says, because tomorrow will have enough problems of its own. Huh, there are going to be problems tomorrow. You just told me not to worry about tomorrow, and then you're telling me there's going to be problems tomorrow? <laughs> I know, this is how I think. This is why you need to pray for me. But what he, Jesus is saying is that tomorrow's problems will be there when you get there. Why are you trying to advance 
get a, a head start, hit the ground running on tomorrow's worries today. Because what you've done is you've brought tomorrow into today and you've completely ruined the day. The day's shot because you did that. Why don't you just wait till tomorrow? <laughs> and when those problems come, guess what? God's going to give you whatever you need to deal with those problems that you face tomorrow. Not today. Not today. Tomorrow. You have to wait. Yeah, but there's something in, in us that we don't want to wait. We want to, you know, kind of jump on it, get the jump start and kind of, you know, deal with it so it doesn't blindside us. Nice try. In fact, you know what? I, can, I speak from personal experience as I've shared and been very open with you as a worryaholic. I'm a professional worrier. God's done a profound work in my life over the years. Man, I, you know, in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, where Paul says, thank God for anything, pray about everything, and you'll worry about nothing. I did just the opposite. I worried about everything, didn't thank Him for anything, and I, and I worried about everything. And so, in fact, if I ran out of things to worry about, I would ask you if there's something I could worry about for you. Worry, as one said, is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you don't get anywhere. It's like when we worry, we think that we're actually doing something. But you know, the only thing we're doing is making it worse. Making it worse, because make no mistake about it, the enemy's right there going, oh, what if? Oh, I never thought of it like that. Oh my good. And then he doesn't stop there. He's merciless. And then he, he takes you as far down the road of worry and fear as you're willing to go. And so you just manufacture this horrific scenario, worst case scenario. Oh, if that happens, then this is going to happen. And if this happens, then that's going to happen. And if that happens, this is going to happen. Ah, stop. You know what's really going to happen? 99% of what you're worrying about never happens. And the point 0.1% that does happen, God gives you the grace to deal with it. And it's not nearly as bad as your mind imagined it would be. I mean, you're painting this bleak picture. This is how it ends. It's over. I knew it. Oh God, what am I going to do? What are you talking about? Well, that's a whole nother sermon for another time. Verse 11, wisdom is good with an inheritance and profitable to those who see the sun. For wisdom is a defense as money is a defense, but the excellence of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. In other words, you're faced with a choice. You can either inherit a lot of money, okay, or you can inherit a lot of wisdom. Um, I have to decide between the two. Can I have both? No? Yeah, one or the other. What's it going to be? Um, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, I mean, I come on, I know that it would be better to have wisdom. Duh. But how much money was that? Solomon is saying that it's better to inherit wisdom than it is money. And here's the, the, the real issue. If you inherit money and you have no wisdom to handle it, you can write the next chapter in that ugly book. 
And, and here's the other thing with wisdom. If you inherit wisdom and not money, and you have somebody else that inherits money but not wisdom, they're going to lose that money, but you can't lose your wisdom. That's what he's saying. Verse 13, consider the work of God, for who can make straight what he has made crooked? Now we're going to talk about this here in a moment, but we talked about this last week in chapter 6. Basically this has the idea of not contending with God's ways and God's whys. God, why, 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 why? This makes no sense. Well, God's ways are not my ways. His thoughts are infinitely higher than my thoughts, Isaiah says. And yet we, we contend with the Lord as if somehow we can straighten it all out. How, how are you going to straighten out that which is just crooked in this fallen world? And again, Solomon's going to expound on that here in a moment. All right, here we go, verse 14. In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversity consider. Consider this word consider. We're going to come back to it in a moment. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other so that man can find out nothing that will come after him. Another translation renders it this way. When times are good, enjoy. Don't apologize. Hey, God's blessing you. Praise the Lord, man. Enjoy it. While it lasts. No, not like that. But it's kind of like, hey, good times. Praise the Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, and there's no shifting or variation of shadow. But, I don't like that but there, because you know what's coming, right? When, not if, when adversity strikes, stop and consider that God has allowed the prosperity alongside with the adversity. God has appointed both. He's allowed both, one alongside the other. Why, pray tell, would God allow both the hard times and the good times? prosperity and adversity. Yes, God will bless and prosper, but God will also allow adversity to strike, hard times to hit. Why? Because. And this is what Solomon is saying in his wisdom to consider. When you don't have the guarantees that everything is going to be good, that tomorrow adversity could strike, it has the much needed effect of turning us to Him for complete and total reliance and dependence upon Him. Isn't it true when, when things are going good, I mean everything you touch, wow, just bless, and it has this effect of, you know, sort of disarming you like, hey, it's always going to be like this. And it's almost like God's in heaven going, oh wow. Oh, and, and by the way, I, I kind of noticed that when things are going good, you and I don't talk as much. You're too busy now. 
You're too caught up in what one called the agony of affluence. Come on, let's be honest. When things are going good, what does your prayer life sound like? Oh Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless me, bless them, bless this. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it? Yeah. Wow. Things are good. Yeah. Praise the Lord. But when adversity strikes, what does that prayer sound like? (laughs) Oh God! Oh! I mean, you're crying out to Him. Oh! We can talk now. It seems I have your attention. Yes, Lord. Oh, oh, this, oh. You know, it's, it's kind of like this. I know this is um, pushing the proverbial envelope, but here it goes. So if the only time God has our undivided attention is when the hard times hit, stay with me. As a earthly father, the only time I've got my son's undivided attention is when adversity strikes. I'm thinking there's adversity in his future. Oh, that's, oh, oh, hey, you're busy. Hope, hey, hey. Okay. Hey, where are you going? Oh, okay. Okay, bye. I love you. Miss you. That's what it is, you know. Our loving Heavenly Father misses that intimacy, those quiet, times. We talked about this too. We, we don't like quiet. That's why we have things going on in the background, because quiet makes you quiet. And then you're, it's just you and the Lord. And ooh, I mean, you're just, so we got to have something playing in the background. And well, how are you going to hear the still small voice of the Lord when there's so much noise and the volume of your life is so loud? Because that's how I speak, you know when I have your undivided attention, and there's not all these other loud voices clamoring for your attention. And the only way I'm going to get that is when adversity strikes. Guess what? (laughs) Adversity is going to strike. I look back on my life over the most difficult and painful times, and while I would never want to have to go through them again, I would never trade what God did in me for anything. In fact, I look back on those painful times as the closest and most intimate times I had with the Lord. And there's almost a, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a, a sorrow and a, a sentimental, you know, a sanctified melancholy of sorts where you just kind of, oh, I, I really miss that. I don't want to have more adversity to have that again. Is there any way we can figure out a way to have that during times of prosperity doesn't work like that. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes, both challenging us to seek the lasting things and encouraging us to look at how we spend our days. Throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, we get a peek into the mind of its writer and how he lived. We see how he tried everything the world had to offer, and it still left him feeling empty. In fact, he writes that all he sought was in vain. Can you relate? Do you find yourself seeking the things of the world? Are you putting your hope in the meaninglessness and empty things of the world? If so, be encouraged. 
you don't have to spend your days wondering where your help comes from. Scripture tells us it comes from the Lord. So seek Him and He will fill you afresh. We hope today's message has been encouraging to you in your walk with Jesus. If you're wrestling in your walk, though, we'd love to pray for you. Just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Contact under the About tab. We'd love to hear from you, and we're available to answer any questions you may have. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Feel free to invite your family and friends, too. And be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in next time to learn more from the book of Ecclesiastes with Pastor J.D. right here on In Spirit and Truth.